All right, everybody, welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul. And I'm Eric. That's right, we're back here with the uh, first episode of 2021. Uh, we finished off last year with doing a three-part uh, Spider-Man series. Yep. Uh, going... Well, I mean, technically... Oh, no, it was three, because, yeah, it would have been the fourth. Right. Uh, we're still waiting on doing that um, That final uh, No Way From Home. No Way From Home episode. <laughs> I'll never get to At it. At this point, like I feel like you just got to say the wrong thing uh, every time. Yeah, but we will get to that. Um, our plan for this week is to finally finish out a series that we started, I think, like the beginning of last year. It might have been before that. I yeah. don't remember. Um, but we had watched uh, Superman 1 and Superman 2, like the original Christopher Reeves movies. Yep. But we never watched the final two of that uh, series. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I suppose you do count that fourth. Although, do we want to do uh, that Superman? Because wasn't that freaking Brian Singer? Well, there was, um, yeah, there was Superman Returns, which is technically in the same continuity. That's yeah, that's what I was forgetting. We we could watch that. Uh, we we could find out, you know, if we have another story, uh, Superman story, we want to do, or if we want to read this farther, we could technically do that because it's part of the same story. Okay. Um, in uh, for now, our plan is to do Superman three this week. Uh, as far as the adaptation segment goes, yeah. and then do Superman for a quest for peace uh, next week, which brings back Gene Hackman. Yep, uh, and I think Mark Margot Kidder is actually in that one, uh, which she unfortunately is not in Superman three. I was not expecting that, but there's like no <laughs> Lois Lane in the movie. It was straight up maybe two minutes of screen time, but oh, not even. But yeah, um, so that's the plan for uh, today. And then the book we're reading uh, that we're going to start out each episode discussing is uh, Action Comics, the New Fifty Two run. Uh, that was the Grant Morrison action comics. Uh, they came back to write Superman again after um, this is a decent while after All Star Superman, which yeah. we've already discussed on the podcast. Yep. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to that episode, that was a while ago that we did All Star Superman. Um, I believe we paired that with uh, the first Superman movie, uh, Superman One. Yep. Back when we did that. Uh, so we're getting back to uh, some Grant Morrison stuff, as we frequently like to do on this podcast, uh, and that is the plan for the next couple of weeks, at least. Uh, we, we'll, we'll decide at the last second if we want to go forward and do that third Superman episode and do uh, Superman Returns, but that'll be a, a last second call if we do do that. As always, if you want to see what we are reading ahead of time, I would highly recommend following us over at Agents of Podcast over on Twitter. I usually try to announce the schedule ahead of time in case you are trying to read these books as we read them. Uh, but if you're a new listener, we will try to talk through the plot as much as we can so that way you kind of know what's going on. Adaptations that we have coming up on the docket here. Uh, we usually like to talk about these in the opening oh, yeah. of the episodes as well. Uh, we have some options for after this as well. That's why I left the door open for after Superman. Um, we have a couple options. We have, uh, there's adaptations going on right now. There is Peacemaker. If you wanted to uh, find a Peacemaker, that would be one I'd be curious about. Cause yeah, they're, I've heard decent aside things. Aside from, uh, the aforementioned Grant Morrison's, um, what's it called again? Uh, Multiversity Issue. Oh, like, well, I can't remember the name. Uh, the Pax Americana. One. Yeah, Pax Americana. Uh, aside from that, I have not read any comics with Peacemaker in them. So that would be an interesting one to go back and kind of see what that character is about, like what the source material is about. For sure. Because isn't, uh, wasn't they um, in like a recent Swamp Thing? Uh, possibly. I mean, I, I, there's guest appearances in Swamp Thing. Do you mean the, the Rom V run? Possibly, yeah. Well, I, I have not caught. I up feel on like that, I've so seen maybe. screenshots of like panels from recent Swamp Things with Peacemaker in them. Oh, that very well could, I could be. be wrong. Yeah, no. I mean, it's definitely possible that they're yeah. in the same kind of venue. Because I mean, I, does James? I'm assuming like the whole stick, like shtick of him, is just that he's 
like a world police where it's like he goes around like promoting peace, but he's actually just like causing a shit ton of chaos, well, and right, collateral they, damage. Even when the character was first created a long ass time ago, it was always like a parody of like American imperialism. Okay, where it's yeah. like I fight for peace by going around creating by any war. means necessary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so it's always been a spoof of like imperialism, which is why he fits in super well with the Suicide Squad. It's a natural. Oh fit. yeah, for sure. Um. And uh, that's something we could talk about more if we do the, those episodes, because that show just came out. They did the first three episodes out immediately on HBO. Oh, oh and then it's week by week? Yeah, I think so. After okay. That, yeah. Um, but it's pretty good so far. I enjoy it. It's uh, funnier cool. than most James Gunn properties are in my eyes. Okay. James Gunn is a good director. I enjoy his movies, but sometimes his humor misses for me. Yeah, there's a good amount. There's a handful of jokes in Guardians movies that are... A lot of throwaway. So the, this one is better with that. So that per, it balances that that better, which I think makes that, a perfect that's good James Gunn movie. Yeah, because that was my probably my only waning concern is that it was just gonna try to be yeah. like over the top. And 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 so I think Suicide Squad did a good job with that too. So maybe maybe like yeah, that, that's is a thing he's left in the past. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, but that will be something that we could possibly do. Uh, there's other options as well. If you want to suggest things, we do, like I said, take suggestions over on Twitter. Uh, again, at Agents of Podcast, if you want to leave something there. Uh, but otherwise, we'll either do Superman uh, again, we'll do Peacemaker, but maybe we'll do something out of nowhere. Sometimes we just do shit uh, out of nowhere and tell no one, just maybe, to surprise you. Maybe the gods will grace us and send that invisible show on tv it's just gonna drop on <laughs> so everyone's, that we can do that yeah, it's gonna be on everyone's devices like that u2 album right just shows <laughs> up can't delete it what is this <laughs> i mean if that happens i guarantee you we will drop everything and do that oh yeah <laughs> we'd have to um but that is the plan moving forward uh like i said what we're going to be doing this week is discussing the first arc in uh action comics this is the new 52 run this uh we've discussed the new 52 many times on this podcast it was the reboot of dc comics that happened in 2011 i want to say i think that's right um yeah you know and they stopped every book Minus Batman and Green Lantern because they those writers would have like thrown a fit. <laughs> Grant Morrison included, and uh, every other character's continuity was reset, and we started over with like new books, number one issues on everything. A lot of people didn't like it, but it brought in a lot of new readers, uh, and here we are today. <laughs> um, yeah, I, even not being a comics fan that, that much, like back in that time, I like definitely remember a lot of drama about that. Like, yeah, going I on. mean, for some characters, it's probably very alarming. Oh, yeah. I mean, even for the, the characters who it's not, like, imagine you're in the middle of reading Batman, and then every other character's continuity gets reset, but <laughs> your story is still going. Yeah. And then now you're asking questions like, what, that all happened in five years? What? <laughs> What's happening? Uh, yeah, it, there's a lot of questions to be asked, but the key, number one rule in comics, maybe not the number one, but it's got to be top five, is don't ask about the timeline. Yeah. Don't ask how old characters are, <laughs> and don't ask what year it is, because oh, yeah. you're not going to get an answer you like. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's where we get started with that. Um, the, this arc opens up with kind of like a Superman like origin story. This whole thing is pretty much like early Superman, Yeah. Uh, which was a good take, because it's different than uh, a lot different than um, All-Star Superman, which was like a veteran, you know, very old Superman. It was like the last Superman story. Yeah. So it's a good change of pace to tell something different here for Grant Morrison anyway. Uh, speaking of Grant Morrison, we can uh, go through the creative team for this book as well, now that we're getting into it. Uh, this book was written by the aforementioned Grant Morrison, uh, art by Rags Morales, uh, actually, I should say pencils by Rags Morales because we have inks by uh, Rick Bryant and colors by Brad Anderson, as well as the letterer would be Patrick uh, Brousseau. 
the um, I want to call out as well. Uh, this book just came out in a uh, nice omnibus uh, hardcover. Yeah, and I highly recommend it because they also included the uh, Sholly Finch backup issues, which are very good in this run. Yep, uh, and, and really make it just a well-rounded like you really get your bang for your buck. Um, that was one thing I really appreciated the first time I read this was those backup issues. A lot of them have steel. Some of them go into other characters. Like there's one with like Mom Pa Kent. Yeah, the steel one was awesome. Oh yeah, the steel ones are great. Even though Steel's costume is terrible, it's awful. It's so <laughs> it looks terrible. It just looks like a stringy uh, spaghetti monster. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, we'll get into that. Uh, but I highly recommend that book because it's got the, not only the whole Grant Morrison action comics run, but those backup issues, which I was really hoping they would include, and they did. Yeah. So for that sure. makes it a pretty dope collection. Yeah. The, uh, the like I said, this is going to be an early Superman run. Uh, it starts out like with Superman. He doesn't even have his costume yet. Yeah. The only thing he has is like a Superman like T-shirt and then like jeans, and he's got the cape, which they show later on in the origin is like what he was wrapped in as a baby yep um so the cape is actually indestructible yeah so it's he, like its own thing right so he uses that like to kind of block hits and stuff for other people and whatnot sometimes um one, one thing that's really good about this story that is really established very very early on like on the first page is that this superman is all about like taking from the rich and giving to the needy like he's all oh, about yeah. like finding like the actual criminals yep because, like, that's a thing that's, like, dated in a lot of, like, other books where, like, Daredevil will go around just, like, beating up, you know, bank robbers and stuff, which is a very dated, you know, yeah. like, taking down drug dealers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's, like, you know, super, uh, not only Superman stories, but superhero stories evolve, and this is a good uh, example of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because even as Clark Kent, he's, like, an investigative, he's doing, like, investigative journalism, trying to, like, go after this, like, uh, huge capitalist. Yeah, at running, the same like, this, time. This huge tech company doing a bunch of shady business. Yeah, it's, it makes for a really cool story, because that's actually, it's very similar to how Action Comics number one uh, starts, because I, I oh, yeah. I've read that issue just for shits and giggles to yep. see what it was. Uh, and it's but basically- didn't, didn't we read that? Action Comics number the show? one? Like no, the original, I original? I don't believe so. We read a very, very early Wonder Woman issue. Oh, that's what right. Thinking okay. Of. Yes. Okay. Uh, this would be earlier than that, but around the same era. Gotcha. Um, in Action Comics number one, it's literally like Superman going around and taking from like shady businessmen and like giving back to people who need it. Like, yeah, that's what the original Superman story started with. Oh yeah. Uh, so it's cool seeing like that come back to it. He like he goes and like grabs these people. He's like rats, rats with money, and like holds them up. He's like confess. It's very cool. <laughs> right. Um. And the uh, and the police and everything are going after him uh, and trying to arrest him as a criminal. So they bring in Lex Luthor to try to help with that. And Lex Luthor, I mean, Grant Morrison's Lex Luthor is always fantastic. Yeah, it's impeccable. Yeah, it's very good. Because just like the way Lex talks about, like, you know, comparing it to, like, uh, different like science things he knows he's like yep. you know invasive species in Australia destroyed like the mites or whatever the hell he says yeah uh, like they brought him in to clean up these mites but then they destroyed vegetation yeah and and, he's, and now this is the uh, the new uh, invasive species he's gonna make us obsolete he's like yep. using all these metaphors to try to like and everyone else is like sure man just build a, a gun please <laughs> you're the one with the money. <laughs> Uh, so it's cool. Uh, it's it's like Superman not only um you know fighting you know taking down corrupt businessmen, but it's also him like you know help. There's literally a part where Lex Luthor like demolishes a uh a part where people are uh, an apartment where people are living getting evicted so they yeah. can build like higher income housing. Yep. Um and Superman's in there like literally trying to save their lives because they're demolishing the building, but Lex Luthor is just doing it to draw them out. Yep. So like the first issue alone is extremely good. Because you get, like, the original reactions, too, of, like, you know, like, them bringing in tanks to try to shoot him, and they're like, it's not working. Yep. 
Uh, a lot of times in, in comics, like in Superman comics, when that happens, you're like, come on, guys. Like, we're over this. Like, exactly. Why are you shooting him with bullets? <laughs> like, how long has Superman been around? Like, why would you even bother? That happens so many, many times in, like, every Superman book where, like, of course it's going to happen. Like, you want to draw it. but Yeah, like, and just like that movie we watched, too. Yeah, like, the, all the army guys will come in, like, bada, 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 bada. <laughs> all right, he's bulletproof. It's like, Let's try the rockets. He's been Superman for 25 years, guys. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, even though Lois Lane and Superman will never be a couple in the New 52, uh, I'm glad that she's in this book because she is fantastic as well. Like going around with Jimmy being a like part of that investigative uh, um, journalism that's going on as well. And then tying in with uh, General Lane, who is Lex Luthor's partner in this. Yeah. So, what's, what's the reason that they don't get together in this? Uh, because the New 52 thought it would be a good idea to have Clark and Diana be a couple. Oh yeah, which that's is right. just wrong. <laughs> that is that's so weird. Yeah, it's very awkward for both characters and for the readers. You're like these. This is weird. Yeah, and then the, the Justice League happens, and everyone's like, "So you guys are dating?" Yeah. <laughs> it, like, it, well, this is an awkward. It's just a relationship that's always been just such a platonic thing to all just all of a sudden be like, "Hey, they're fucking now." They had they had there's <laughs> no romantic chemistry there like ever. Yeah, like that does not mesh. But the, more importantly, I mean, Lois Lane is like an iconic character. Like, yeah. Maybe the most iconic love interest of any superhero. Oh, easily. Yeah. So it's it, that's a hard one to take away. So what starts out as a kind of uh, Superman versus Lex Luthor and General Lane story, uh, which is a good way to open it for the first couple of issues, slowly evolves into a Brainiac story in a very cool way. Yep. Um, because it... This actually would be a great. Uh, I would highly recommend this to be someone's like first Superman comic because the way this is paced perfectly introduces like five key parts of like Superman's like whole mythos. Oh yeah, it which gets is, a lot out of the way like a really like short amount of time. Yeah, it, it going through in a really like high like high paced story, moving constantly, like yep. never slowing down. Because uh, like the first issue, you get like Superman's like origins, you know, figuring out what he wants to fight for, and you get introduced to Lex Luthor and and Lois Lane. Yeah, but. The first two issues do a really good job of introducing you to uh, to Superman and Lex and like that kind of dynamic, and then immediately it twists to a Brainiac story, uh, and not only that, but a really good origin of um, Jor El and uh, Superman's parents and Krypton and everything. Yep. Um, because and, and there's a couple things that I um, I think are unfortunately lost on here with uh, newer versions of Superman because this this the, the way they plant this makes a really good like allegory for like uh, climate change and like climate change denial and like science denial in general. Yeah, because like it shows Jor El like you know predicting like the world's gonna end like we've done like you know look at my predictions like it's gonna happen tonight we need to do something. Yeah, and everyone's like oh Jor El you've predicted this you know the timeline keeps moving like you know yeah you, you said the world was gonna end you know. 12 years ago why should we believe you now yep, which is yeah, exactly the, what climate change the classic story yeah. yeah um and he's trying to get get you know his family off planet and everything and that's when brainiac shows up and he says that you know krypton has been taken for collection i will be taking everything you have and archiving it yeah uh this is an honor now die yeah you know, <laughs> takes the whole planet uh they're able to get clark out and uh part of krypton is taken with brainiac and it's consumed yeah, it gets they get miniaturized and put in like a little tub. Yep, the collection he calls it, uh, which I think is my favorite uh, origin for Krypton. I think I like when the planet's exploding and then Brainiac comes to just take what he can, and then yep. that's when Kandor you know gets taken and all that stuff. Yep. But where we left it is Superman got taken. They were able to kind of study him a little bit, and then he escapes, and then uh, Corbin is uh one of lois lane's ex-boyfriends someone who works for general lane and he is the first one who is going to be implanted with this uh new suit who uh 
Lex Luthor's mysterious benefactor has given him kind of the inspiration for, who we'll find out his mysterious friend is Brainiac. Yep. And he basically helped him build like a Brainiac suit. Yeah. Um, which is going to turn Corbin into this like big mad punchy who, who can kill Superman and you know help Brainiac take over everything. Yep. While slowly getting infected. Yes. Um, well, another cool dynamic that becomes a part of this as well is as Brainiac's takeover slowly begins, we also get this subplot that allows, because there's like all these um, metal like workers essentially who have taken like the jobs of human people. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, you know, like you're working at the factory, so they're all machines now. So when Brainiac takes over, he gets all of them as his army. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's fantastic. Yeah, everything, <laughs> the whole groundwork just laid out. Yeah, like that. that's fantastic. Your robot army has been turned against you. <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, but yeah, the reveal of, of Brainiac is very cool because like you just get like a shot of him in space, just like in this weird like worm like caterpillar like body almost with like a brain on top, and he's like, "I will add it to my collection." Yeah, it's horrifying. It's a very good page. I enjoy <laughs> that a lot. Um, the book does take a quick detour into kind of a, um, like a little bit of a time travel story with the Legion of Superheroes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but it, it does a good job also of tying in and setting things up for the future as well. Cause it, it brings us back to Jor-El, uh, kind of trying to escape with, um, with his family and, uh, Crypto's with them as well. And their, their first plan is to escape through the Phantom Zone. Which everyone knows is the uh, in Superman two the floating two uh, D disc that everyone screams and put their hand puts their hands up against. Yeah, uh, he tries to get out of there initially, but all the other supervillains who he's locked up in there are like right up at the gate. Like, yeah, if you come in here, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> like, that's the first thing I'm gonna do. Please come in here. And they're like, maybe not that. <laughs> Let's avoid that one. Yeah, but but crypto, you know, being a good boy, he's like, you you don't insult, you know, my dad. He jumps in and attacks them. Um, right before Krypton explodes, which is the setup of that's how Crypto got out of there. Okay, because you know it's it, it was very clearly a setup of he's now now Crypto's in the Phantom Zone. Yeah, he's gonna be found at some point. Yeah, um, so I'm happy that that happened. Crypto, by the way, it looks badass. He looks like a fucking guard dog. Yeah, exactly. like a lot of times Crypto's just like this little like derpy, like I'm a cute little boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is a fucking like this thing looks like a wolf. Yeah, it's like a hellhound. Yeah, it's drawn very, uh, very fearsome looking. Um, I I enjoyed the 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 little side bout with the Legion of Superheroes, and I think the way they tied it in with both the past and the future of Superman's story is really clever, but I don't know how I feel about it being like a two-issue arc right before the finale issue of the Brainiac story. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a little awkwardly paced for me, and like even on the reread, I'm still like, I was, I'm like, I really wanted to skip this and come back. <laughs> yeah, I, right. But I read it correctly. That's what I did the first time. Yes. Yeah, well, in the omnibus, that's how it is. Oh, is it really? It's in the right order. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's fortunate because yeah. I read it digitally again this time. Yeah, I, I reading it, I did the omnibus. So, so even the omnibus printers were like, you know what? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's moved around. That That's fortunate. I wonder if that's the way it was originally meant to be then, because sometimes issues get delayed because of, um, uh, you know, art delays. Yeah. So maybe that's how it was supposed to be originally, but then maybe, like, the artist was late. Yeah, it could be. Because I think the Legion of Superheroes story is another artist, but I could be mistaken. Um, but the Brainiac story uh, concludes in an interesting way as well, because uh, Brainiac brings Superman onto his ship, and he kidnaps, or basically, uh, you know, blips part uh, all of uh, Metropolis up with him. You know, taking, like, Lois Lane and, you know, the Daily Planet and yep. everything, you know, Metropolis all, and puts it in a bottle on his ship as well. 
and he um, makes Superman shoes. He's like, you know, you have uh, one minute to decide. You can save Krypton. You can save Kandor, that city. You know, they they would worship you. You you would save the last of your people, or you can bring Metropolis. Yep. And uh, he basically says, you know, I'm not going to choose lives. You know, I'm going to do what I got to do. And there is also a uh, a cool setup as well while this is going on that'll set up for future arcs, which I, I call I noticed this time on the reread. Uh, did you get to the uh, the Mixelpix story yet? No. Okay, then I can't point this out yet. There's a setup for a much later issue going on with when he sees the bartender. Um, did you, oh, do you remember that get, scene? Oh yeah. There's a weird bartender. He I finds. definitely remember being weird. And, and uh, is that wait? That's that's not him. What? I might have spoiled something. Is the bartender <laughs> Mr. Mixelpix? Uh, yes, it is. I, honestly, I kind of had like some weird feeling about him, so that, that makes sense. Because he's the only one who sees him. He's like, you guys didn't see that short little bartender? <laughs> yeah. And the bartender's like taunting him, and they're like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? And yeah. then he's gone later. He, he starts going on about like a silk tie and stuff, and then that dude just starts going crazy. He's like, no, he's there. Yeah. So that that's exactly what happens. Uh, okay. Mixelpix is kind of the uh, the overarching big bad of this. He's run, just kind of lurking in the background. Yeah. Gotcha. Because he, he's the meta comment on like the whole like you, you, it'll come together when you finish the run. Gotcha. Um, one thing that I enjoy as well is the conclusion of this arc. Uh, doesn't end with like a big punch fest. I mean, it's there. It happens. Yeah. But uh, he actually outsmarts Brainiac by taking a piece of his collection that he should not have kept and using it to kind of infect and uh, destroy him. Uh, yeah, it's like his his ship that he came in on. Right. Exactly. Exactly, and um, it's a it's a cool thing because Superman is supposed to be like this, you know, clever, intelligent, you know, thinker as well. But a lot of times, writers play it down because there's childish complaints of like, oh, Superman has every power; he he's too strong. Yeah, but it's like, who cares? <laughs> character powers are not character weaknesses, or exactly. nor story flaws. Like, there's ways to tell stories about characters who are good, smart people. Exactly. <laughs> what the, like what the fuck, you don't have to like balance all your plot lines on like what strengths he has or like what his powers are like you can but like that doesn't have to balance or like support everything yeah this isn't um mortal combat you don't need to balance around that kind of thing exactly um but yeah i think it's a clever way to end it because it takes uh, one of brainiac's weaknesses which is collecting too much including things that might be harmful to you yeah which is something he brings up earlier when he's like brainiac you never should have brought me on yeah, this like, ship yeah it's like i'm like yeah. a parasite and you just brought me right in yeah even but of course he has to because he's the last living uh kryptonian he's like i have to have it yep um and there's some comments in here too which i feel like is a little bit about comic books as well because there's a lot of talk about like you know preserving everything in mint condition just for the collection oh that yeah kind of talk yeah, yeah. Which I feel like rings true with a lot of like comic book collectors <laughs> who just like buy up uh you know single issues, you know, not to read them but just to have it. Yeah. Uh so things like that. Uh and especially you know driving up demand for certain things as well for that reason as well. Yep. Uh, the uh, backup issues are all very good. Like I said, the they're mostly steel focused and they're all fantastic. The the only downside to it, I guess, is it takes because Steel shows up in the main story too, but yeah. it's a little awkward sometimes because it'll be like, and this fight will happen later, and then it does. <laughs> like you get to it, but it's a little weird to, to do that pacing wise. Yeah. I get why because you don't want to have random writers jump in and out. Yeah, but it it makes it a little weird, but it's worth it because the stories are good. Yeah, because it kind of just cuts fights like halfway in the middle, and then just like does a huge time jump to where like the next thing with Superman happens. Yeah. Um. There's one backup issue, or I don't even know if it's a backup issue or just a... It's not a backup issue. It's just a fill-in artist for some reason. I, I'm i going back for their name right now, but maybe I shouldn't because I'm about to really dog on their art. 
<laughs> um, which one are you talking nor about? Nor do I know which, because there's four artists listed on the final issue that we're talking about okay. of, of this one. There's a, a, It's not Regs Morales, and it's not Brad Walker. It's one of these other two who I won't name because it, I'm about to be mean. <laughs> it's really fucking bad. <laughs> it's really fucking bad. It's uh, like flip the page from where like Brainiac gets defeated. And then, you know, he saves the day. And then, like, they try to thank Steel. And then it's right after when he's accepting the key to the city. It gets fucking terrible. Like, look at the way people smile. Oh, yeah. There's so many people smiling. The smile's awful. Look at the mayor. And now look at the cop. He looks like he's with Joker gas. (laughs) And then they do this full-page spread of Superman flying away. And, oh, my God. His teeth are frightening. Look at that. (laughs) It's... I dropped my tablet and I like it's out weird, of like, fear. The, the face looks fine for the most part, but yeah, I, Does it? something about the teeth. Dude, I don't think I don't know. The teeth are horrifying, and the perspective is just like his. It's all his face. It's like, oh yeah, it's too much face. It, it is. It is startling. It's. I don't like it. And yeah, like him leaving the cemetery, like him the the bottom right shot is just like straight on. Like I I don't know what. It might just be the glasses perspective, but yeah, it just does not look human. Yeah, it's like they drew the face first, and then the rest of the body came after, and the perspective <laughs> is not correct. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're not a bad artist, whoever this is, because like the next page is pretty cool, because like everyone's in shadow. Yeah, that looks great. Superman's face is in shadow, and he's just walking through like an old lab. It looks dope. Yeah. Uh, and the next page of him looking out at the earth looks pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, something the, about the teeth and smiling. It's the yeah. teeth. Just don't don't draw t- the teeth. But it's not even the teeth. When people aren't smiling, it looks fine. It's literally just stop having people smile with their teeth. That's a single problem. Uh, but that's going to be uh, what we cover for this week for this book. Um, that is the uh, the first story, the Brainiac story, as well as Legion of Superheroes. Next week, we're actually going to get into some stuff um that i think the the stories get a little shorter a little less uh contained a little less uh cookie cutter it also uh, we're going to tie into some multiversity stuff with the next issue um with uh earth i think it's 23 oh yeah yeah i believe yep yep Yep. which comes up in multiversity uh so we're going to get to that as well next week uh the final thing we have to do for this episode is discuss a little movie uh an adaptation of superman uh called superman 3 Yep. Uh, starring Christopher Reeves and uh, I Richard don't, Pryor. And Richard Pryor, yes. Those yeah. are the two people I recognized. I which, don't know any of these other people. Yeah, I, uh, um, which prior to this, I had uh, prior, <laughs> I had no idea that uh, there was ever a Superman movie with Richard Pryor in it. No, and... Like, and- He's pretty like he's good in this. Like he does what he's supposed to. But oh yeah, no, I think what he, he's supposed to do is nonsense. Exactly. <laughs> I think for what he was given, he did pr- a pretty good job. But yeah, what he was given was well because they wanted him to like ham it up and be funny, and he is. Oh yeah, uh, that's and, what it, and that's his job. Yeah, and but like the. W- and, like, the movie's mostly about him, honestly. Yeah, it really he, is. He carries it. Like, a lot of what he does doesn't make any sense. But no. Like, I, I, <laughs> he's the only one who makes sense as a character to me. Because what really hurts this movie is just the, the super, like, tunnel vision 80s, like, trope of just, like, the the computers are the root of all evil and they can do anything and they'll destroy everything because oh, yeah. they're, they're the smartest things ever made. This is one of those, like, old movies that computers were just now starting to happen yeah. and everyone was like wait anyone can hack anything i've got a great idea for a movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so it's like anyone can sit down at any computer hack anything in the world yep and it will cause unknown c- catastrophe you, yeah you can use a hack 
to hack a weather satellite used to monitor weather, and you can reverse engineer it with a by hacking to make it a weather changing <laughs> satellite. So it's it's a lot of that. So I mean, you can go in and that, uh, that part wasn't even the part that I was. That's most the thing. Like I can get past that. Like oh, it's I a superhero too. movie. Like whatever. And it's a dated trope. I get it. Like yeah. you know, it's it, your minds were going crazy with sci fi ideas. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, that's not what makes this movie nonsense. Exactly. <laughs> In fact, I don't even really know how to properly explain it without people seeing the movie. I'm going to do my best. Oh, yeah. Um, and well, I honestly, it- now looking back, the first 10 minutes is a pretty good indicator of what you're in for because the opening scene is literally just metropolis and people are just like walking into the street and like almost getting hit and a dude walks by and walks into a manhole and then someone gets like a pie in the face and it makes no sense. It ends up being like a Rube Goldberg machine of like side (laughs) spinning uh, consequences. Yeah, it ends up with like Clark Kent picking up a dog or something. I don't even remember. He's in the middle of it. He's not even at the end of it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's so random. Yeah, and then somehow a blind guy gets like a a, a street painter machine and then just starts making circles. It's just like a, a, a vaudeville routine of just like yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. like going around the street, you know. While and things. while all this is happening, there's like weird translucent Star Wars like uh, name credit rolls that are just happening. Yeah, and they kind of just like fade in and then like fade out through the middle of the shot, and it's just very distracting. No, but you're right. That is a very good symbolic way of showing what this movie's going to be because it's kind of just something crazy happens yeah and you're like wow that was bizarre i wonder wonder what this is leading up to and then something even crazier happens (laughs) that has nothing to do with what just happened it goes in a totally different direction yep and nothing's building it's just kind of going oh yeah different ways and you're like this is strange what am i watching where is this going and then it just ends there's no threads of logic in this entire movie no it was just written it looks like it was written in one draft and you just did things like i'm i'm trying to think of some examples here because I know I said at the beginning of this podcast that we're going to do our best to explain the plot <laughs> of what's happening. You can't really do it. I dare someone to write a synopsis of this movie. Okay, here's the... Because fu- the ones that I've read describe, like, one scene. Exactly. Here's the thing. Here's how bad or how hard it is. Like, the IMDb main synopsis of this is synthetic kryptonite laced with tar split Superman in two. Good Clark Kent and Bad Man of Steel. That's like that doesn't 15 happen. minutes of the movie. That And it doesn't <laughs> happen until about an hour and a half in. That's like one sequence. That's like one part of their fight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's Be- not what the movie's about. <laughs> because 30 minutes before that happens, it's literally just Spider-Man 3. Where, like, because Richard Pryor's character, they end up, like, because he ends up working for basically a Gene uh, Hackman, Lex Luthor ripoff. Yeah, he's doing a Gene Hackman impression. I don't remember. Basically being Lex Luthor without being Lex Luthor. I can't even remember his name, but he was like some CEO of like Websco. It was some computer. He was businessman, CEO. Yeah, new tech company, whatever. So yeah, Richard Pryor, like on his second day on the job, steals a bunch of money, whatever. So now he wants Richard Pryor to do all this stuff and that i don't remember where i was going with that well because that's basically that's the plot is if i had to give this movie a a, a synopsis this is the only way i can do it is richard Pryor, whose character's name i forgot gus gus it was gus yeah yeah. gus um so gus is uh it starts out with him at the bank he's trying to get a loan so he can like get a job uh he's like i've worked everywhere i've done every kind of job you know i can't find something that pays well yeah and so he gets a job working for this like you know business firm no it's a computer it's computer programming yeah and he basically it's he has like an office space scheme yeah where he's like i can go in the computer i can change one thing and it's except it's way dumber than office office space oh yeah because the one in office space actually i think it's the exact 
it's, it's close almost to the, the exact, exact same thing. thing. But he puts it like in his name, like to himself, <laughs> yeah. immediately. He immediately. Yeah. So, so the office space one was like a little more conceivable. Yeah. This for is sure. the same plan, but way dumber. Yeah. Um. Because he immediately, like the next day, gets a check for like eighty five thousand dollars. Yeah. And I'm immediately like, how are they not going to see this? And then yeah, <laughs> the next day he gets called to his office, and then he's like, now you're going to be my expert hacker. So that's the opening hook. Yeah. And notice how I haven't mentioned Superman. I will continue not to do so because <laughs> I don't think he's going to come up in my synopsis no um so except for him doing his pranks that's like a side plot drew yeah Uh, the main plot of this movie is richard Pryor gets blackmailed because he uh you know tries to steal this money yeah he gets blackmailed by the boss he thinks he's gonna get fired but he gets blackmailed by the boss he's like listen i know you're a supreme hacker i want you to (laughs) go to computers and shut down uh economies around the world yeah like he's a fucking like black ops yeah he's like i own the coffee trade except for columbia so i need you to reverse engineer hack this weather satellite to make it rain a shit ton in columbia yeah and then he goes to a computer in the fucking smallville yeah and, and hacks a satellite yep. to destroy this f- whole fucking country's yeah. coffee supply <laughs> it just completely changes its ecosystem and superman shows up and yeah he, it, he sucks up all the water off screen yeah see it later yeah you don't even see it <laughs> they just so, gotta bring it again, up again superman is not the main character no. nor would i argue is he the primary side character no um so again plot synopsis he's blackmailed he uh is now forced to work for these uh all these nefarious schemes for this uh shady businessman yeah that's the plot synopsis yeah superman doesn't come up in that superman is in this movie but he's just kind of around yep he's on the side he has his own you know what this is like i just had an epiphany this movie is just like attack of the clones because there's one movie happening on uh gus is obi-wan kenobi yeah and clark kent is anakin skywalker because Gus is the one yeah, doing the plot. Yeah, he's kind of just fucking around with his sweetheart the whole movie. Yeah, Gus is the one doing the plot. He's yeah. the one getting involved with ever- everything and like going through all this mad uh, schemes. Yeah, but risking our, his life. Our perceived main character is off doing like a love subplot <laughs> um, because he made his other girlfriend lose her memories without her consent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was Superman too. Uh, and so he's just in Smallville like... By the way, this has nothing to do with the plot or any of my other complaints, but I just think it's funny. Clark Kent in this whole movie, like I said, he has an Anakin Skywalker subplot where he's just in Smallville trying to like seduce this woman who he knew. Yeah. Uh, just like Anakin does in Attack of the Clones. That's his whole plot. Yeah. Um, he goes to this high school reunion for Smallville, oh, yeah. and he tells Perry White that that's what he's going to write his story about. <laughs> that's right, yeah. yeah he's like, uh, what, I'm going to go to Smallville. I'm researching a piece. I'm trying to see if, if a city boy can make it going back to his small town or if, if all of his connections just aren't worth it anymore. So, if I was Perry White, I'd be like, is this your diary? You're writing yeah. for the paper. <laughs> like, do you think that's going to make front page news in New York or Metropolis? Are you writing a novel and you're the main character? <laughs> then sure. But otherwise, this is for a newspaper yeah. in Metropolis. That's like a back page, like kind of just like in honors. Like, <laughs> like what what kind of story is that? So so yeah, so Clark Kent goes and and Lana Lang is is fine in this movie. She's oh pretty, yeah, she's pretty great. Annette she, O'Toole, like she's pretty solid. Yeah, uh, and um and that that subplot is is fine. Like it's him, like you know, trying to pretend like he's not Superman. He has to rescue little Timmy from yeah. The, little Timmy almost get gets mulched by a freaking like farm equipment. Yeah, that stuff's all fine. Yeah. But then the, all there's all this Gus plot, which which like I said has nothing <laughs> uh, to do with Superman. Nothing, literally nothing at this point except for Superman cleaned up his mess on the side. And he sometimes yeah, Superman will go in and 
and clean up the messes, but he never really connects what's happening. No, he doesn't really care how it got caused. Just like, well, all right, whatever. And then at some point, like, he does finally get in the way. And now our, our two parties have finally intersected like an hour and a half into the movie. Yep. And Gus's plan. And by the way, he's like an invincible super genius. He can invent whatever the oh, hell yeah. he wants anytime. Yeah, he literally just builds a blueprint for a supercomputer that they build in the fucking Grand Canyon. And he builds like a kryptonite that can make Clark Kent become two people and fight themselves yeah because at one point they there's no way that wasn't just like hallucinogenic drugs yeah because it it, (laughs) had to be what it was he literally just accidentally mixed a bunch of tar and kryptonite and then it made superman become like a prankster yeah and then and then eventually that's the best and then eventually like he like goes nuts and then like is in the middle of like a junkyard and then he like splits into two and they have a big like fight so let's talk about this sequence because this movie like i said we we it goes in turns. No, oh, the, the, no part of this movie is similar. The splashes of Spider-Man three in this are one of the some of the best sequences in this movie. So what we've talked about so far, you might think like, oh, this is some kind of like business espionage movie. Why are you guys complaining? This sounds just like what you asked for. <laughs> Superman going against shady businessmen. Well, yeah, you might be right. But here's where the second part of this movie comes in. Gus to stop him creates a kryptonite which is laced with tar, some magic tar. No, that's the, the thing. I don't even yeah. think he meant to do that. Oh, you're right. That was like an accident. That was an accident. He was trying to make because they got pissed because they're like, "This isn't even gonna work." <laughs> and then they hand it to Superman, and it like slowly over time, he's like, "Maybe I do want to be bad." Yeah, and so that <laughs> becomes the new subplot yeah. where uh, he'll hear a siren going off, and be like, "Superman, don't you need to get that?" And he's like, "Uh." Fuck them. Yeah, <laughs> I always get there at the last minute. <laughs> and the best part is when I because here's one thing too. When I first thought we were going to do this movie i looked it up and one of the first synopsis was you know superman goes bad he has to fight his evil self yeah and i rolled my eyes i was like oh here we go it's gonna be another <laughs> evil superman story yeah. this That's is only about 20 minutes of the movie and not only that but this is not the evil superman story you'd expect he no. starts out doing like the most like trollish pranks you can imagine his his first idea is literally to straighten the leaning tower of pisa yeah that's his <laughs> i've gone evil here we go er. yeah and the next one is to blow out the torch of the olympics right before they light the torch yeah the eternal flame the dude's like at the podium about to light the main like brazier and he just like blows it out he got and him the dude like looks up at superman like in the light rafters and superman's just like <laughs> and like just gives him the shittiest look just, like it's- What's it's like oh no superman's gone evil what's he gonna do oh he's just blowing out the olympic torches yeah it's actually fine (laughs) yep turns out no one's getting hurt although yeah and then uh his last one though he ends up because they the lex luther ripoff dude wants to i don't understand what the purpose of this was but he redirects every oil tanker to like all sail to the same spot in the middle of the ocean he well, he was trying, yeah, because he his whole thing is he's like trying to disrupt markets. Yeah, so he's he, like, I'll disrupt like, them and then I'll take it over. I'm gonna take all the oil off the board and then they'll be screaming for oil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is I feel like they just threw that plot line in just so they could get a few scenes of literally a dude at the gas station like, oh, get give me a full tank of the good stuff. It's been a while, and it's like just this big capitalist jack off. Oh, it's totally that's exactly what <laughs> like, it is. Which like, is just a. Um, product of the reagan americans gotta have their gas right we like gotta have it cheap superman (laughs) saving the gas industry because yeah because he ends up like tearing open a tanker and it's a huge oil spill literally no mention of this being like an environmental disaster like it's just like oh now we can't never the now there's an oil shortage (laughs) and then later on to save it he goes back and blows the oil back into the tanker 
And it's yeah. like, yeah, it's like, oh, we got to save those profits. Save the day. <laughs> Good job, Superman. He's doing the opposite of what we're asking for. <laughs> right? That's my point that I'm making now. Like, <laughs> none of this movie makes sense. So not only is this movie nonsense, but he's only aided the bad guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. There's also some ridiculously baffling scenes that just happen in a vacuum. Um, like, uh, Gus, Gus, Richard Pryor's character, he has... This businessman has like a ski slope on, on top, top of, of his skyscraper. A, a skyscraper. Yeah. And Gus is going down and he's like, whoa, I, I don't, don't know, know how, how to ski. <laughs> and he flies down and flies off the building. Yeah. And we're like, holy shit. <laughs> Free falling on skis. And, and you have to assume. You're sitting there. You're like, oh, Superman's going to fly. Like, that's in the and- only reason you do that scene, right? Oh, yeah. Only, <laughs> only reason. But no. He thought it'd be a better idea to have him land sideways on part of like the awning and then just ski down the rest of the building and, he just lands and land on, the on his feet. Just fine. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> After just uttering the sentence, I don't know how to ski. And it cuts to the next scene. That's it. That's it. <laughs> like, and then there's another scene of him just like uh, where the three of them ride down the Grand Canyon in like some air balloons while they make Richard Pryor like ride a donkey down. And it's the, like, what's head? Are these like villains from the Amazing Race? Like, what? <laughs> what? What is this fucking movie? It's none of it makes any sense. It's it felt it feels like a movie that was written as like a protest. Like oh yeah, they were. They told some poor guy. <laughs> they were like, "Hey, you, because you pissed me off, you have to write Spider Man three. You're gonna be locked in this cellar for three months." Spider Man three. <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> no, you, have Superman. To, you have to write Spider-Man and Superman 3 And you're going to yes. write them together And we're not going to release Spider-Man 3 until later Yeah, not until decades write, write them both at the same time And that's why they're going to have eerie similarities <laughs> if, if only Sam Raimi could have done this movie <laughs> I want to see Sam Raimi direct Superman 3 That would be nice Because <laughs> they yeah, there's that whole Venom's like weird thing where like he's evil. Yeah, and then it culmin- and and then uh, Lex Luthor's like old henchman woman, uh, Minnie or what was her name? I can't remember. Yeah, it's Minnie or something. Um, she like her. I think her plan was like to try to seduce Superman because she's on top of the Empire State Building or Laura on top Lee. of the Statue of Liberty. Laura Lee. Uh, yeah, and she's up there like, oh no, I'm gonna jump. And <laughs> Su- Superman shows up and he's the bad boy. And he's yeah. Like, what are you doing, toots? Yeah, and he's like, I don't save people anymore. Yeah, and then she's like, oh, okay. And she like falls in love with him. Yeah. And they like sleep together. And yep. then he becomes not evil again. Yeah, that's honestly the funniest scene when they, they interact again after uh like he loses his evil persona. It's just like and she's like, Superman, it's me. It's like, I'm sorry, I don't I, know you. I don't remember. <laughs> I, I do, but that wasn't me. That, that he's gone oh, now. Jeez, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Like, why, why are you making me feel bad for this woman? Right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's... The whole thing is just... It's baffling. I just don't understand. Yeah. And then it, the, it just kind of wraps up with them like, oh, we built the supercomputer. Oh, and it, we'll- wrap, it wraps up with crazy shit, too. It doesn't stop. They, yeah, the oh, supercomputer gets built. Superman goes oh, yeah. to stop it. We're, we're, almost, we're almost getting a normal movie ending here. <laughs> yep. And then the supercomputer, like, goes crazy. Yep. And takes a rich dude's sister and turns her into a robot zombie. Yeah, literally I'm just starts kidding. fusing metal plates onto her face and turns her into a robo zombie. We're, we're at the end of this movie and we're being introduced to robo zombies. This is the last. 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> it's too late for robo zombies we're already whiplashed from everything else oh yeah it's an, and can't then do it at this point so and then not only that but that robo zombie girl gets ends up living she's after, fine yeah she's just fine uh it's it it's the most one of the most baffling films i've ever gone into it's 
That's what that's what I'm wondering because we've talked about a myriad of of terrible films. Oh yeah, baffling films. How did this get made? Type of films, and it's this is this the weirdest movie we've watched? I think so because a lot of the other ones that are bad, I get where they went wrong and why yeah. they're bad because it was made cheaply. It had yep. a bad writer. Yeah. Someone was trying to make something cool, it's, or there wasn't enough money. It's always something like that. I don't understand what happened here i don't either i need to interview i hope the writer of this movie is still alive because i want to interview them on this podcast because i'd be interested to see like what the reactions were at the time because like imdb it's got a like a straight 5.0 it's like right in the middle so like obviously it was never like critically reviewed but and i feel like i'm playing this up but i'm, I'm not i need someone to like, watch this movie like if you don't yeah. understand like what we're talking about it's just, it sounds like we're just pulling shit out of nowhere and you're like no oh, that kind of sounds like a normal that's kind of what the movie does i beg you to watch this <laughs> if you have any doubt that we, or if you if you need to know what i'm feeling right now please go watch superman 3 it's on hbo yeah don't, don't watch the whole thing just watch it until you feel like you, you can't take anymore yeah pretty much because <laughs> i need someone else to know that this thing happened i'm sure pl- plenty of our older viewers are like yep okay yep that sounds right i remember that because <laughs> it's weird because like on the scale with like where you know like one out of ten or like negative ten where it's like so bad it's funny but like this doesn't even this isn't a movie where it's so bad it's like worth watching for like the comedy of no, it because it's, not it's that. because not only is it so baffling and like ha- hastily thrown together but it's it's boring for the most part it's mostly boring it, it's but it's it's the only reason to watch this is just because maybe you don't believe us. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason. And just to see like how a like production company allowed this to be like final cut. <laughs> yeah. Like how this actually got released as like a nope, this will work. So I'm going to say for any of our viewers, if you have not watched this, don't. Unless you don't believe us. That's the only way I'm recommending it. Because yeah, then, I'm, fuck you, now you have to watch it. Certainly, <laughs> certainly don't go out of your way to watch it. But yeah, if you got time, it's... It it's an interesting watch. It's certainly um, a study on something. Yeah, it's uh, it's something. But like you said, that opening scene now ha- is throwing me for a loop. Is this movie genius? Honestly, though, like because that opening scene, it makes it seem like this is all intentional. Yeah, because I mean, it's like Matro- is that the point? I I don't know. Maybe. But, but, <laughs> I think we are looking. The I think thesis looking too of this deep. movie is things happen randomly, and there's <laughs> there's no explanation. It's a chain reaction of events, and there's no explicable way to explain anything. Honestly, I hope that's what he was going for. The that, end. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. Fin. Maybe. <laughs> Honestly, that that would be genius. But I think that's giving him too much credit. Uh, let us know on Twitter. Is this movie <laughs> genius or is it the worst? Question mark. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you could describe it besides genius. Well, here, here's my hope, though. I hope that when we get to, to Superman four, the quest for peace, uh, that that I I don't know. I don't know what I hope for. I was about to say something, and I don't know because I know that. Gene Hackman is back. And does I know Richard that- Pryor come back? Great question. <laughs> like, does he should become like Superman's in hacker the, in the middle of nowhere? He just like skis through the window. I don't know how to <laughs> ski. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so I mean, I know at least that Margot Kidder is in the movie again. Okay, as Lois Lane, and I know that Gene Hackman is in it again. Actually, came Lex back. Luthor. So. At the very least, we have that. Yeah. I don't know what else to expect, but it, it, I'll take that. Yeah. It, um, it's a start. We'll get rid of uh, discount Lex Luthor and get the main one back. Yeah. 
But yeah, so that's that movie. Um, I'm still, I'm glad I, I got to talk about it on, on, on a microphone because I, I had to get those thoughts out of my head or they would have been swirling around for the oh, rest of my life. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. And uh, so Superman 4, The Quest for Peace has a 3.7 on IMDb. Okay, that's promising. <laughs> <laughs> so far, so good. Oh my God. Uh, so that's the plan for next week. We're going to read the uh, next uh, several issues of Action Comics and then we'll find out what the fuck that movie is. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll be on the quest for peace ourselves. Yep, should be a time. So join us next time, everybody. Uh, goodbye, and I'm going to rest my poor brain. <laughs> See you later. Goodbye. <laughs>